Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pisgah Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Mangler, and that is Drew, and you are listening to Pisgah. We're coming to you live from between two barriers at the NCGP of CX. Yeah, dude. So, uh, what do we have in news and past week updates? Well, the downhill World Cup season is over for 2021. And the EWS finals just wrapped with some drama, and the BC installment of Crankworks is done. And our previous guest, Sean Neer, was the second fastest American overall in the EWS, so not bad. Not at all. And kind of the only pro-level events left to watch out for this year would be the Sea Otter Classic, which is coming up this weekend, and Crankworks Rotorua in November. So it's currently collegiate mountain bike season two. So hopefully Josh from a few episodes back doesn't have his hands too full with wrapping up a World Cup season and heading straight into a collegiate mountain bike season. Right, right. It's a event heavy time of year, though, for pro level and for local events for that matter. Oh, absolutely. And for what it's worth, our local events are pretty pro heavy, though. Yeah, that's a valid point. And uh, this past weekend was the Riveters' second annual Harvest Jam. More on that in next week's episode. And there was some legit Slopestyle and BMX pro riders in attendance throwing down with the locals. After that, we've got coming up what going to be the Windrock Winter League, which will keep the local pro downhill racers on their game. Oh, absolutely. You know, and then there are all the regional gravel events starting to pop off or still continuing. And also, we're a month away from Cranksgiving, which will be going down at Ride Canuga Friday, November 19th to Sunday, November 21st. Yep, and this past weekend kicked off the NCCX series, uh, which is North Carolina's cyclocross series. It uh, kicked off with races in Boone, North Carolina. Yes, so it's official. Cross is here. And to get us up to speed, Drew, we paid a visit with the NCCX crew here this past weekend in Hendersonville. Indeed, I did. So, Tim Hopkin, founder of NCCX. You've been doing this now. This is your 25th year doing it, right? That's right. Um, it started uh, actually pre-1997. 97 is when the series started. But for uh, two years prior to that, I had a little thing called the Diamond Brand Series, which was two cyclocross races followed by two mountain bike races in uh, Henderson County. And then from there, people wanted more cyclocross, so uh, we started... Uh, traveling across the state of North Carolina. We had a, uh, a high point of 18 races in the series at one stage, and that took us from the mountains of Western North Carolina all the way down to the beach in Wilmington. Right. So that was a, a lot of a distance to travel during a cyclocross season, <laughs> knowing the size of North Carolina. Um, eventually we uh, pared it down a little bit and uh, made it a bit of a more manageable series. And uh, we have on average, uh, 12 to 14 races annually. The last few years we've had 13. That's amazing. Is there, a, so for it to be a series with USA Cycling, is there a restriction on how many races there can be or a minimum? Uh, no, there isn't. Um, when I actually started, uh, USA Cycling's involvement with cyclocross was pretty minimal. Mm -hmm. They've become uh, more interested. And uh, again, as we've uh, built the sport across the nation um, by having series like the North Carolina Cyclocross Series and the uh, other regional series kind of followed along um, and then obviously the hotbeds in New England and uh, Seattle 
they've uh, helped keep the uh, sport alive and growing. And uh, I think that was really showcased uh, in our area in um, 2016 when we had the uh, cyclocross nationals at the Biltmore Estate, which was probably mm -hmm. uh, the highlight of my promoting career. Yeah. Um, a lot of work and uh, something that uh, I'd look forward to doing. And, uh, and you know, the stars aligned and we had a tremendous, tremendous crew. Um, what better the, venue could you have had? I don't think there was a much better no. venue, especially. I mean, they had the hotels there. We had the the farmland. We had the winery. We had food. We had, I mean, everything. It mm -hmm. was really, really spectacular. And the weather kind of made it even more exciting. We had big features like the Cask Flyover, Ingalls Hill, um, Cane Creek Alley. So uh, Bonk Breaker Hill. So we mm -hmm. had some really cool uh, features in that course. And... Uh, I think that was one of the first times that kind of people saw what really was feasible and how exciting and hard you could make a cyclocross course. Absolutely. So with the series taking across the state of North Carolina, as you mentioned, and you also talked about other places that are hotbeds like New England and the Pacific Northwest, I think of those places as having your typical crummy weather, <laughs> cyclocross weather, if you will. Uh, what are some times or some places in North Carolina that have kind of benchmarked uh, both those typical cyclocross weather places and then ones that were just completely unseasonal but still made for an amazing race because of it? Well, the exciting thing about North Carolina, especially in the fall and into early winter, is that we can have absolutely any kind of weather. So. Uh, We've had seasons where the entire season has been dry and I haven't washed a single bike. I've dusted it, <laughs> but not a single bit of mud was uh, accumulated uh -huh. in a full season. And then we've had other seasons which have featured rain and snow and ice, um, plus some sunshine and dry weather at the beginning. So it really has been a, a whole mixture of cyclocross from the very muddy to the very dry. And we've also had uh, some exciting times when we've had snow in places where we didn't expect it. So we've mm -hmm. left the mountains uh, of Western North Carolina, got down to Pinehurst and Southern Pines, the Sand Hills area and found snow down there. Right. Or we've been uh, in Western North Carolina, gone down to the Raleigh area to Bond Park in uh, Kerry and raced in snow there. Mm -hmm. um, we've raced in snow in uh, Greensboro, North Carolina. So uh, had snow at the NCGP. We've had snow at the NCGP more than once. Yeah. Um, we've had it a couple of times. Um, had one storm that was a little too much for us to handle. We had got through day one and then uh, day two, it snowed heavily overnight and it was uh, really just beyond the scope mm -hmm. of uh, putting a race on safely. Um, skis were brought out by some of the uh, traveling athletes <laughs> and they enjoyed the wall, which uh, is one of our features at the Grand Prix on skis, going yeah. down as opposed to up. And so we've had the series now for 25 years. How, how many years have you done the NCGP? So the GP is going on to, I believe it's its 17th year now. It is part of the ProCX calendar, and it is the uh, final of the ProCX calendar this year. So uh, we've actually had a little, uh, the GoCross NCGP Cup that we've created um, between uh, Frank Deal, the promoter of the GoCross Cup, and myself, Tim Hopkin, and the NCGP. So basically it's a time-based uh, um, incentive for the elite men and women. So there were two races at the beginning of the season, their season opener, and our two races at the end, the season finale. Um, basically combined time, the slowest times wins, and there's a thousand dollars split between the top three in each division. Oh, so, wow, that's pretty unique. Yep, so basically what that does is gets people to be starting the series and ending the series because there is no 
actual prize money in the Pro CX calendar. Mm -hmm. So we felt like um, adding something beyond just the money that is received from the podium and the prize list um, would be fun. That's very cool. I really like that. I guess really the only other thing that uh, I have to ask for you is what what does the future of NCCX look like? Well, as long as uh, I'm enthusiastic about racing, which I still am, um, and the whole point of the NCCX series was for me to uh, race. Mm -hmm. So uh, it really started, uh, I came to America from England. Um, I came to play soccer and outside of the soccer season, I liked riding my bicycle and racing. Um, mountain bikes were really, really at their infancy. Um, maybe not in America, but they were in England when I came over here. Mm -hmm. And uh, cyclocross was kind of the off-road version that we had in Europe. I'd watched that on TV. I'd never actually managed to race it because I was so busily involved with soccer. And uh, so after my collegiate career, my collegiate games, I was like, I need to do something. And uh, said, let's do some cyclocross and it was a little bit of a harsh reality when I realized there was nothing <laughs> where I was living in Ohio at the time and when I moved to North Carolina there was nothing here as well so uh, after I finished my uh, master's degree I decided I was going to put some of my skills to good use and uh, started uh, putting on cyclocross races and mountain bike races and uh, from there it just kind of went crazy we uh, started the series with uh, I think we had uh, usually about 30 to 40 races mm -hmm. at a race that was the entire race um we've hit over 500 now um we used to incentivize people to race a cyclocross bike in the series so you'd get bonus points in the uh, first years we only probably had three or four imported european cyclocross bikes right. that would uh, be uh, brought over and so uh, from there slowly it became uh, the norm to race a cyclocross bike um, less mountain bikes um and at that point um, we kind of dropped the uh, incentives, but now it's mostly cyclocross bikes um, and it's spare bikes as well in the pits. Mm -hmm. So we've basically taken it from uh, its infancy and kind of grown it. Um, I think it's in a bit of a plateau right now. It'll be interesting to see after the pandemic how we uh, um, jump back. But uh, I'm here for at least another five years. I've got to 25 years. Um, I think I'll head to 30. And sure. then after that, I'll have to decide. But uh, my desire to race and the, the competitiveness is still there. My health is still with me mm -hmm. so I can uh, continue um, racing. And uh, I really enjoy just seeing everyone out there racing as well. I mean, it's a very friendly um, sport. Everyone's really into helping each other. Um, it's very competitive in the race, but once the race is over, it's all about community mm -hmm. and uh, hanging out with your friends. Um, and just sharing the uh, good times you've 100%, had on the course. Yeah, in in the past few years where I have not raced, I still come out to the races and I still hang out with my friends that do race and support them as much as I can in the pits or on the sidelines. However, however I can, it's it's fun to be around just the the buzz and the environment of of a of a well attended cyclocross race. That's very true. I mean, it was it was a bit of a let down for me last year. I mean, the pandemic having to. Um, do the right thing and uh, cancel the races, cancel the series. I tried to do some stuff in the um, um, winter of uh, 2021. Um, didn't quite work either and we were still in the pandemic. We still are in the pandemic now, but I feel a lot better with vaccines and uh, hopefully most of the athletes have uh, been vaccinated. Um, if they haven't, hopefully they're taking proper precautions and uh, mm -hmm. trying to keep the rest of us safe. So. Uh, 
we will keep racing. I'm glad it's an outdoor sport rather than an indoor sport. And uh, again, if you are feeling sick and uh, you have any symptoms, uh, please stay home, stay healthy and keep our community safe. For sure, yeah. Thanks for doing that responsibly. And if there are any changes with the schedule because of the pandemic, let us know and you know we'll get it out to our audience as Definitely, well. Definitely. Uh, we will uh, keep it posted on social media. We'll let you uh, know. And uh, Drew, again, thank you very much for uh, mm -hmm. hosting myself uh, and uh, other members of the NCCX team. Yeah, certainly. Thanks, uh, thanks for the opportunity for us as well. And uh, we'll be back in touch uh, prior to the NCGP. Great. That would be a very exciting and I uh, look forward to... Uh, having you there and involved with the, uh, the NG NCGP. Great, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. So it's um, that time of year, or it's the end of the summer. It's not quite fall time. No, it's that weird in between. That weird in between. The days are getting shorter, and for cyclists of pretty much any background, know that that means that it's cross season. So I'm here at a uh, North Carolina Cyclocross uh, Skills Clinic at Bent Creek Community Park, and I'm talking with Laura Rice of North Carolina Cyclocross about what this season's gonna look like. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself and say kind of what, uh, what it is you do for NCCX? Sure, so yeah, I'm Laura Rice. What do I do for NCCX? That it's kind of, I mean, usually I'm behind the scenes on social media, taking care of the Facebook and, you know, some of the communications and promotion, marketing, stuff like that kind of grew into that role over the past several years. Um, help out wherever I can, help with the North Carolina Grand Prix in Hendersonville, um, and try to just kind of be there for whatever's needed race weekend um, all across the state. And how long have you been doing that? Or how long have you been involved with North Carolina Cyclocross? <laughs> well, the first time I guess I ever saw Cyclocross was in high school. Um, and just saw a race, was uh, trying to figure out what I want to do for a career. Was told to come check out this race because it's a part of a things that like recreation departments do. Saw the race. A couple years later, I was actually um, working uh, for Tim Hopkins at Henderson County Parks and Rec and started helping out with registration at the cyclocross races. So this is before racing. Uh, then I started racing in college at Mars Hill uh, College, or now university. So I've been racing 10 years this year, I think. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of involved with the series in all sorts of ways, probably for 12, 13 years. Not all racing, but yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You've seen a lot of people come and go, I imagine, that, that kind of, it feels to me like, maybe this is just me because this is my experience, but with cyclocross, um, you get a lot of people that get really psyched on it and get really into it, and then they spend a few years doing it and then just kind of burn out. Yeah, and you definitely, yeah, you definitely see that. I think, though, I mean, at least like in the categories that I'm racing with, there's a lot of consistency because we've all been doing it for a while and we're all kind of committed to doing it. Um, but there's definitely, yeah, you've got people who come in for a couple years, they get excited, and then life happens. Um, pandemics happen, so. <laughs> yeah. But it's one of those things. It's super accessible. You can come. You can try it out. You can race a race or two or a season or two. You can leave you can come back i mean it's always super welcoming that's good so with the history of north carolina cyclocross you've been involved for 12 years ish yeah, uh, plus ish. or minus yeah, uh yeah. 
and it's this is in its 25th year. Which is awesome when you think about the longevity of a cycling, not just one cycling event, right? But yeah. a cycling series that takes place all across North Carolina. And being that it takes place all across the state, this is, you know, it's, it's all centrally organized, but you do rely on promoters in different areas to kind of complete the series. Absolutely, yeah. So it's that's kind of one of the cool things too is because it does travel around. You have different clubs and bike shops and groups in different cities, like in Raleigh and Charlotte, um, Durham, all these different areas come together and use their expertise and knowledge of different venues to put together really fun race courses and to turn those races kind of into their hometown race. So each one has a little different flavor and it's not just based on the course, but it's based on the people doing it. So they can attach it to a nonprofit or whatever cause they care about and really involve their community who might not travel to Hendersonville for the Grand Prix or to another venue, but they can involve the people in their hometown to come and see a one-off mm -hmm. race. So that's where it's cool that everything has a different flavor while it's still all the, the NCCX brand. Yeah, I always love that, how it seems like every single event they they have their own style of presentation yeah. and, and their own brand. Uh, over the years, especially the years that you've been involved, uh, I guess you could probably speak better to, uh, how many of those promoters have, have been consistent or how many of those have changed hands over the years? And uh, what, what has the longevity, so to speak, been like with, with some of those clubs and promoters? I'd say now it's probably about half of the races are promoted by Tim directly. Whereas when I started, I think it was definitely, you know, closer to 80, 90% even. Mm -hmm. And part of that's due to, I mean, back when I started racing, um, I know USA Cycling had the requirement that local clubs had to promote a race. Mm -hmm. If you are a USA Cycling sanctioned club. Now they've gotten rid of that requirement. And since then, there's been this huge drop-off in local races being put on by their local clubs, um, which is kind of, I don't know, it's, it's interesting to see that happen over the last few years. Okay. So I, I think that's one of the contributing factors to, you know, Tim having to take more of the promoting onto himself. So now probably about 50% of the races are put on by Tim directly, which that's setting up the course. And, mm -hmm doing all, all the coordination and i think too people just get tired i mean you see the right. same people involved in the same causes and the same things because mm -hmm. those are the people that are doers right and doers get tired <laughs> absolutely what's the benefit to a club to have promoted a race what do they gain from usa cycling in return for promoting races as a club in the past in the past i think it was just a requirement to you know have that distinction of being a club um and i haven't registered a team or a club in a long time so right the benefits i'm not entirely straight on yeah but i mean you know for for the groups that still do uh, you know put on the races in the nccx series as you know all over the state you know they get a percentage of the race fees and and things like that so it's you know, it's, it's not like it's having to come completely out of their pocket. Um, it's just, yeah, I think it's only a manpower thing at this point. Right. It's a day-long event. 
Yes. It's usually a two day long event. Right, yeah, you have to set up um, and then you have all day racing and then you break it down, which always goes quicker than the setup. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a good two day mm -hmm. between setup, racing and breakdown. And it takes, you know, a handful of people. I mean, you need at least five or six people, ideally. Mm -hmm. um, we've put on races with fewer, but <laughs> I don't recommend it. No. You, yeah, the promoter's got to have fun, too. <laughs> yes. Well, and I think that's one thing that I admire about Tim is, like, he's always having fun out there. Mm -hmm. He's running around doing 15 different things, but he'll still jump on his bike with 10 minutes to go and go and race and usually race well and then go right back to promoting it and making sure that everybody's having the best race experience that they can have, which is not everybody can do that, and I, I hope everybody acknowledges the energy that he puts into the series. Yeah, for sure. There's been other regional series that have kind of come and gone, and, you know, based on, I guess, just what's happening and what people are into at the time. But are there other regional series in the country, you know, maybe in the Northeast or uh, Bay Area and places like that come to mind that, that do legitimate USA Cycling a full series like this? Yeah, I think there's the Ohio Valley. I don't think it's as long as NCCX. There's a Georgia series. Um, I'm not as familiar with the Northeast series, but there are there are other series that will travel around their state um, and have something that's cumulative. Because you know, with the NCCX series, you have your individual race results, but then you also have a series omnium overall. Mm -hmm. So it does happen. I don't think anybody has anywhere from 13 to 15 races though right <laughs> i don't i don't think so either and that's why i was asking i uh, wondered if if that was something that you would know does there tend to be any crossover from uh other series that kind of overlap like at one point when um eastern tennessee had a series mm -hmm. uh you know yeah. we'd see a lot of the people and there'd have to be some coordination to plan races between the two but um are, are there other race series that you tend to share participants with? Yeah, I mean, definitely anything that happens in, you know, eastern Tennessee. Um, some of the Virginia stuff now um, is getting some overlap with racers. Because uh, depending on where you are, if you're coming, you know, from Virginia, North Carolina races may be more accessible to mm -hmm. you. Right now, though, we've kind of seen some of those other series fizzle, unfortunately. And it's awesome to see there's a, a new shop out of Tennessee, a 423 uh, Cycles. Billy Barnes is up there, and he's starting to put on a few more races. So he put on a race. I think this will be the third year that he's putting on a race up there in Tennessee. Okay. Um, so it's awesome to see that there's racing coming back that's closer to western north carolina even if it's not in western north carolina yeah that's that's good too uh at the point in time when i was still racing cyclocross i would not do many of the uh eastern side of the state races because they were just too much travel for me personally yeah, and yeah. i was not somebody that was competitive in the series so i would spend those weekends racing the tennessee races or maybe even going up to roanoke and doing some of those other events too yeah and that's where i mean there's there are places and there's a need for all of that. So, you know, NCCX, when we see like preseason stuff going on and even in-season stuff that doesn't conflict with the NCCX series, we definitely want to help share that because it's the more racers that are out there, 
I mean, the more racers that are out there. So mm -hmm. <laughs> if we can support that by promoting a, another local race that we know people from Asheville are going to go to, even if they're not necessarily going to come out to one of our races, mm -hmm. it's still building the cycling community, which is, it's all about building that community. Yeah, that's a, actually a good segue into something that I have a note here for. Uh, like I said, kind of in the intro, cyclists of all backgrounds participate in cyclocross you have a very good cross-pollination of road racers and mountain bikers and people that ride a cyclocross bike for commuting because it's kind of a bike that makes sense to do so on and they have the bike so they participate um, in the past few years it seems like we've lost a lot of those participants to the gravel events and things like that mm -hmm. what uh, what do what what disciplines currently seem to be gravitating towards these short intense races the most I think it's a lot of returning cyclocrossers um, that and crit racing I mean crit racing especially in the last couple years is becoming its own discipline it's not mm -hmm. just a part of a road racing weekend anymore um, and crit racing translates really well to cyclocross because it's those short, hard intensities. Um, so I think we're going to start seeing more race overlap, mm -hmm. and especially as there aren't as many race, road races and crit races in the southeast. It's a good substitute, even mm -hmm. though it's a different time of year. Mountain bike translates pretty well because, once again, you got those short, punchy efforts. And, I mean, yeah, it, it's totally different from your gravel race. Yeah, it's <laughs> not the same sure. thing at all. Similar bike, different event. Yes. But we do have a gravel uh, category in, in CCX this year because we know a lot of people, they just have a gravel bike. I mean, that's another thing we're seeing is the, the one bike to rule them all kind of thing, as I mm -hmm. call it. Um, you've got kind of your beefier bike that can be commuting or gravel or... I mean, even some burly, uh, you know, if it's burly enough to go out on single track. So, you know, we thought about that and added a category that's just an open gravel mountain run what's your brung category. Just to say, you know, just because you don't have a cross bike doesn't mean you don't need to come play with us. We want you to come play with us. For sure. That leaves all the excuses off the table. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you said something interesting there, too, about crit racing, how it's really become its own discipline and it's no longer just part of an omnium. And I felt like when I first got exposed to cyclocross, it was probably in the early to mid-2000s. Uh, where it seemed like it was something that domestic road professionals did as something to stay fit in the off-season. And then cyclocross kind of turned into its own thing where you actually had specialists that were chasing a career in cyclocross versus just racing on the road or just doing crit races. Yes, definitely. But it also seems to me at the point in time where it's American popularity kind of apexed was around the time that worlds came and went uh, was that 2012? 2012, and then, I mean, we kind of saw, I mean, from a Nationals perspective, I mean, we saw a peak when Nationals was here in Asheville. Right. I mean, not not to toot our own horn. <laughs> I mean, you are a part of uh, yeah. <laughs> bringing that to life, too. But, um, you know, that was one of the, that was a peak attendance um, for nationals, and I don't think they've hit those numbers since then. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, kind of, I guess probably between 2012 and 2016, yeah, I think that was kind of the, the peak of cyclocross and the peak numbers I think that we've seen in NCCX as well. Well, here's to hoping that this year's Worlds 
kind of brings a new wave of excitement to what we're doing and 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 to cyclocross again for our domestic racers yeah and i mean i think too it's just you know having it accessible at the grassroots level and making it visible um like being out here in a community park um and just having it where it's something that you can come and try you know without any any barrier really and i think you know it's going to be on us to take that and keep it visible and keep it accessible and keep being active in the community and keep it welcoming to, you know, build off of that and take advantage of it. And if mm -hmm. we don't, then that's on us. <laughs> right. And so with uh, 25 years of NCCX, how many years has the NCGP gone? I think this is, ugh, I think it's the 17th. It'll, well, last year it didn't happen with COVID. So I think that would have been the 16th. So I think this will or be seven, 16 or 17 years this year. Uh, you'll have to ask Tim for that one. But for I mean, sure. it's been going on quite a while, too. It is kind of the crown jewel of the series. And it's an internationally sanctioned event through the UCI. So it's pretty cool that we've had one so consistently running here, especially in Western North Carolina. And I've seen a lot of the other UCI races that have perennially happened just kind of, you know, drop off or have to find new venues, find new promoters, find people to take it over and things like that. So it's it's kind of comforting that we have this awesome venue in Hendersonville and that it keeps going. Yeah, and it's really, it's such a fun weekend because you do, and you know, some years more so than others, um, but you know, you do have just like all all the cyclocross eyes on Hendersonville. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, we've had international racers, you know, we've had the local domestic racers. There have been, you know, Jeremy Powers and Tim Johnson battled it out. We've had Carrie Warner and Tristan Cowie battle <laughs> it out. And, uh, you know, it's going to be really fun this year <laughs> to see uh, where people are when they come to, you know, get those last few points going into nationals. But I mean, and mm -hmm. one of the really special things though is it's an opportunity for local racers to come and race with pretty much the same course as the elites are and to have the opportunity to watch people you know watch the pros race i mean mm -hmm. it's fun and motivating and inspiring and it's you know even if you don't race it's really fun you want to come see the pros race mm -hmm. and you know shout out to carrie warner if i'm not mistaken that was his first uci win i think it was i'm, I'm pretty yeah. certain that that it was we've had some excellent weather years where we've had <laughs> snow flooded fields from rain yeah. and yeah. then not to mention like you mentioned the points battle Mm -hmm. The time of the year that this event happens is the time of the year where people have to, you know, for people that don't know cyclocross, your grid start position is based on your points. And so people that need that, that excellent front row start position for, for nationals so that they could be picked for the world's team, it's a really, really valuable thing for them to get. Absolutely. And I mean, even for amateur racers going to nationals, I mean, those points help you too um, in your call up. I mean, when you're mm -hmm. in a field of 75 or more in those national races, you wanna, you wanna be as far up as possible. So when you're doing any of the NCCX races, it's building, but yeah, there's always like this, uh, 
yeah, it's, it's almost celebratory because it's, it's getting closer to nationals and you can feel that energy on top of the regular like UCI energy that happens. Yeah, for certain. And this year, what is the date of the NCGP? This year, the NCGP is November 20th and 21st. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving. So you get a good, fun, hard race weekend and uh, then you get to take some time off and uh, do whatever you do for Thanksgiving. Excellent. Well, that concludes everything that I had a note to cover. Is there anything else about NCCX that you wanted to plug? It's really awesome. I mean, it's... There, it's, there's nothing like it. I mean, it is this, you know, community, and you see that every weekend. You see the different groups that kind of, gra- you know, hang out together and the friends that you make, you know, and you look forward to seeing every weekend, you know. There are people from Raleigh that I get excited to see every weekend that I wouldn't have even met otherwise mm-hmm. or, you know, just the camaraderie that has developed with, you know, people in this area that I've raced with all across the state and you know then we have those shared race experiences when we're up here and just building those relationships which is pretty cool so i mean that's the biggest thing it's exactly it's not just bike racing it's (laughs) yeah it really it's it's a choose your own adventure yeah 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 so uh what's the website nccyclocross.com and uh other social medias uh, just search for in, or North Carolina Cyclocross on uh, Facebook. Um, you can also find Tim on Instagram. He Tim is not really on social media except on Instagram. So anything you see on Instagram, that's a peek into Tim's world. Um, <laughs> and that's NC Cyclocross. And then, uh, yeah, Facebook updates. Just, yeah, follow and remind you of all the deadlines and important info and all that sort of stuff over there. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me about this yeah thanks for helping tell the story it's cool that western north carolina has such a cool and prominent scene in cyclocross and i don't know if people realize how kind of a big deal the hendersonville cross race can be right yeah it's uh it's got the the time of year that it is it's it's right before nationals and people are trying to get those last minute points to move up on their start grid and um yeah it's it's just an awesome event it there's been all kinds of excellent and crazy weather and there's been you know perennial pros and up and comers alike make it you know because of that race uh if i'm not mistaken and i think we probably talked about this in the episode but i think it was carrie warner's first uci win and uh in the same weekend and in the same town there in hendersonville is going to be cranksgiving Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we've got, you know, a doubleheader weekend going on here in town. I think I know of at least one person who will be smart enough to try to do both of those on the same weekend. Is is smart the word for that? I'm being kind. (laughs) Well, uh, what's the weather looking like? Well, currently right now it is raining. It's rained about an inch at my house and gaining more, and it's going to continue till the weekend. But on Saturday, the sun comes out. And it looks like it's staying, you know, kind of some nice fall weather. Temps in the low 70s, high in the mid 50s, pretty much all until almost next weekend. So it's awesome autumn weather. And, you know, hopefully Saturday afternoon-ish, definitely by Sunday, the trails should be running primo. Dude, you know what that means, though? We got like two more weeks before it's leaf surfing season. Oh, yeah. 
we have to see how the swells are going. Yeah. Well, guys, that's a wrap on this week's episode. And as always, you can find us on social media. Just search Pisgah Podcast. And of course, our web store is moving and a shaking. You can check that out by visiting pisgahpodcast.bigcartel.com. And if you've ever done an enduro and a UCI cyclocross race on the same day in the same small mountain town, then go ahead and click subscribe and share with your friends. Buy your friends a Listen to Pisgah t-shirt and a koozie. clock in an enduro and a UCR race in the same day on the same bike. Do it. You won't. You're probably right on the phone. All bikes are cyclocross bikes if you're brave enough.